Hello and welcome to Movement, a weekly podcast for South Aussie Baptists to listen and imagine together. Each fortnight, Melinda Cousins interviews a leader from within our movement and then asks them to share one of their recent sermons with us the following week. Welcome back. Last week we had the opportunity to hear from Warren Crank from Red Dirt Church, which is a just excellent conversation ranging on a whole bunch of topics. So today we've got him back to share a sermon with us. So Warren, could you maybe tell us why did you choose this as the sermon you wanted to share with us? Well, part of uh, my reason to be in South Australia is to, you know, continue to champion people who have a heart for uh, sharing their faith, evangelism, church planting, those sorts of things. And this um, teaching is really the methodology of Red Dirt Church when it comes to being on mission with God. So there's a little bit of a connection there. But also it's uh, everyday discipleship and evangelism for ordinary people. And I thought uh, I met such great people in South Australia who really do have a heart for the mission. And this is one way that we can have sort of a missional posture as we move in our natural network. So that's really why I chose this particular sermon. Fantastic. Is there anything else we need to know about context before we listen? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm known to this church, so um, we sort of dive straight in. But uh, I have a chaplaincy background in rugby league, which is uh, a strange old sport for you South Australians. But uh, chaplaincy has been really big in AFL, actually. AFL led the way, rugby league catching up, as we always are. But um, these principles that you'll hear about, which are really, um, you know, quickly run through, um, are very common for people who have chaplaincy roles. So there'll be a bit of learning to do. You'll get a, a window into what chaplains do. But also I think you'll see that these are things that we can all do in the, the natural networks that, we, uh, that we're in. Fantastic. In our unofficial chaplains roles, as we talked about last time. That's right, yeah. Well, thanks. Looking forward to hearing it. As a church, you're exploring a very important theme at the moment, which is evangelism. How do we share our faith? Now, the word evangelist or evangelism can be very scary for people who've never heard it before and think, well, what does this mean? Or for people who've been around the church for a long time, and, and for them, it's kind of a loaded term. You kind of think it means you have to be someone who's an excellent preacher or speaker and who can argue great arguments for the Christian faith and convince other people in battle that Jesus is the way. Well, actually, for most of us, evangelism is much more straightforward, much more grounded than being able to simply uh, have arguments or win them, even if you're good enough to do that. Actually, Jesus had in mind for most of us who follow him is to simply live lives in such a way that we are a positive example to people of what faith in Jesus means. And when the opportunity comes to share a reason for the hope that we have. So, You can break it down to something almost that simple that in the way we live, we show that the Jesus way is good. And in the words that we say, we can point people uh, to the truth about the gospel. So these are important things, but they're much more simple sometimes than we think they are. So I want to share with you today some practical ways of doing this. And I want to do this um, around the theme of being a chaplain or an unofficial chaplain to the people around you. Now, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus. So he was saying, go into all the world and help people come follow me. And the beginning of that verse, the first phrase really could be translated as you go into the world. 
And so while for some people who have a special calling, they might go overseas or across to another culture in order to share the faith, uh, for most of us, we don't have to leave our normal lives to do this. It's simply as we go about our normal living, we're to live such a uh, life in, in such a way that it helps nudge people towards our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, to do this, um, there are some words that we can say, but I think it really begins with the sense of who we are and the way we position ourselves in the community around us, but also in the way that we behave in front of people and how that can actually create a positive legacy for them when it comes to, well, is this Christian thing any good? What What's this life of faith really like? If they know you uh, and they see your good life, God willing, they'll be able to say, well, actually, I can see this is this is something that's healthy. It's something that is good. Some recent data um, across the general community in Australia concluded that 92% of Aussies actually know a Christian person. So you are maybe someone in someone's world and they know you and perhaps they're aware that you have a Christian faith. And the interesting thing about the data for those people who do know a Christian is that by and large, overwhelmingly, the impression people have of Christians is positive. So even though the media sometimes paints a picture that... Uh, no one likes us and we're, you know, somehow awful people because of some of the commitments we have to, to certain things. Um, in reality, those people actually know a Christian think actually they're, they're loving, they're kind, they're honest. They think good things about us. So be encouraged that, um, the legacy of living the Jesus way in the world mostly is positive in the lives of people that get to know you as a person who may not be perfect, of course, but a person of integrity a person who is kind and who cares. So those things are really important. So let me just go through some of the things that chaplains do to position themselves in their world, whether it be sport or the military or schools or whatever, to position themselves in their world in such a way that as they go about life in that team, in that school, at work, whatever, um, they're able to nudge people in Jesus' direction. And the first thing that's really important for me to talk about is to actually understand that this is something for you to do. This is actually your calling and to understand that you are called by Jesus to go and do this. And again, I'm going to say it's not as hard as you might think. In fact, it's just about the way you live and sometimes the things that you say. But the first thing is to really understand that actually this is, this is something for me that I'm responsible for. Jesus is calling me to do this. As I go into my neighborhood, as I go about the things that I normally do and recognizing that you are commissioned for this sort of thing, you're sent into the mission is really, really important. Those of us who have a Baptist uh, connection, and that's probably a fair few of you, obviously, at Northridge Upper Ross, um, this was always at the heart of the Baptist movement historically that Every person understood that actually it's my role to be a positive example for the Christian faith and, and when I can to be able to share in words, uh, what that means and why I have this hope and why I am the way that I am. So let's start with the important thing. And that is to say, this isn't someone else's job. You don't have to wait till you get perfect because none of us ever do. You are sent now into your world 
uh, in order to do the things that I want to talk about today, which are really, really helpful and really, really practical. Because the second thing is to understand that our calling, while it has a spiritual edge and even a spiritual motivation, in the end, it's to care for the whole life of the people that we know and not just to bang on about the religious stuff, but actually to show what Jesus showed when he moved in the world. And that is that he cares about every part of people's lives, whether they're hungry or, or broken, emotionally devastated, whether they just need a little bit of help, a little bit of a boost, a little bit of encouragement, whatever it is that people need or could help people that we get about doing those things in quiet ways that don't draw attention to ourselves, but simply serve people at a point of need. Now, we can't meet every need. We we know that. But there are lots of needs that we can meet. It might cost us some time. It might cost us some resources sometimes, but it's okay. That's what love is, isn't it? Love costs us something. So we look around in our world. So we sort of got our eyes up and we're looking for what God's saying, whether the Holy Spirit is sort of prompting us to help out this way or do something in particular. The idea is to be positioned in our world, understanding now that we're called to say, okay, where are the ways that I can help? And uh, I'm going to look to to actually be a person who meets a need and is understood as someone who cares in the lives of other people. It's been said of people, I think it's very true of Aussies, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And a lot of people think with evangelism that the first thing is to tell them what you know. You've got to do a data dump, a gospel dump in the lives of people. That's not really how it works with Aussies mostly. For most Aussies, firstly, they want to know that you're a person that actually cares and you're not just trying to get some religious notch on your <laughs> on your board to say, yeah, I've got one. No. We care for people holistically, which is what Jesus did. He went about doing good, the Bible says. Even if people didn't follow him, even if people were his enemies, we're going to touch on that later. They still did that. And we do this as representatives of Jesus. So, you know, there are a lot of people that do great stuff. The Rotary do great stuff. Um, Cowboys House does great stuff. A lot of people do great stuff. But we do it really because we are repping for Christ in the scene that we're in. Now, we don't have to bang on about that. We don't have to make necessarily a big deal about that to the people that we serve, but that's why we're doing it. We're doing it because the person, Jesus, who is our Lord and our Savior, he's directing us to 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 do this on his behalf. So we really are Jesus' hands and Jesus' feet in the world. That's what the book of Acts really sets up, that uh, Jesus passed on his work in the world to the disciples. So this as you go and make disciples really mean as you go, you get around doing what I did, and that is caring for people and helping people in all sorts of different ways. So you might have a special skill. You might be able to help people practically fix stuff. You might be able to make a meal, maybe just, you know, give someone a little bit of encouragement, say, are you okay? All those things. Uh, But look for ways to help people as we are ambassadors for Christ, representing him in the world. And we need to be prepared to share our hope. And interestingly, there are lots of little opportunities to do this that don't really mean that you have to be an expert in solving some of those naughty questions about why does a good God allow suffering and all those sorts of things. People have always asked those questions. There are some good answers that can be given, but they don't always satisfy and tie everything up in a neat bow. 
really the way that Jesus works in people's lives is is quite personal. And you need to be able to simply share personally from your personal perspective why it is that you have this hope in Jesus. It might be that God rescued you in a crisis and you have a story of his salvation work, his saving work, and, and you've got a story to tell. It might be that he sort of put your life together when everything had fallen apart. It might be that you were a person without purpose and somehow you encountered Jesus and his gospel and his way and it gave you a purpose in life. It gave you a goal and a reason to live and a way to live as well. So there could be all sorts of reasons uh, and all sorts of stories that you can tell about why it is that you follow Jesus. Of course, focusing in on his powerful work as, as creator and friend, his work as forgiver and savior who died on the cross for our sins, his ongoing work as someone who continues to care for us and intercede for us and help in our lives. I mean, those are the stories to keep on telling as we are ambassadors for him, prepared to share our hope. And a lot of those ways that we share really are quite conversational. So they're not sort of super intense. I've got to tell them everything I know right now. Usually it's little conversations that get scattered along the way. So don't um, don't sort of diminish the power of, of a simple uh, saying, look, I'm going to pray for you, or I'd love to pray for you, or something like, um, you know, God really helped me in that way, and it, boy, I hope he helps you too. It could be whatever, it's got to be your words, it's got to be your way, but having shared indeed the kindness of God, then comes some opportunities along the way to share that in words too. And so that's what we ought to be doing in our friendship networks. Now, our friendship networks need to be real we're not fake friends. We don't just become friends with people because we want to, you know, get them saved. It's actually because they are our friends that we want to share with them the, the hope that we have for this life and beyond and to invite them to come follow Jesus and to share in that hope as well. So again, we don't, we don't just have fake friendships, but those things are real. And even if people don't come follow Jesus, um, we still want to be in their world and in their lives. And, and you know, it's important. They're, they're, they're important to us. And hopefully, you know, we're an important friend to them as well. So we, we're moving in our friendship networks and just looking for opportunities to say, okay, well, this person knows who I am and they know a little bit more of the story, the God story that's part of my life. How could I best maybe share a little bit more in a way that's relevant to them. And that's the great thing about being a good friend is that you actually know this person and you know sort of the way they think or the questions that they might have. And you're able to speak very personally into their life, which is profoundly powerful for a lot of people. So sermons that preachers preach are pretty good and God can use those and does. But do not underestimate the power of, you know, your connection with someone able to speak something very directly into their experience in a way that makes them go, wow, okay, I, I feel that or, or yeah, I'm, I'm seeing what you're saying. So be a person who is a great friend and looking for those opportunities. Well, how could I share next level sort of this faith that's so important to me and this person, Jesus, that's so important to me? Now, some people are not going to like uh, you or what you're on about simply because you are representing Jesus. And I don't think there are, this happens a lot or all the time. 
But it does happen. And I think one of the things that we need to do as followers of Jesus is to sometimes embrace the suffering of rejection or hurt that comes because we've said, well, actually, Jesus is the center of me. And and my life really does represent the Jesus way. And I know that that clashes with other ways sometimes, or perhaps your way, but I'm not going to be diverted from this path, um, even if you push back and even if you reject me on account of the faith that I believe. And in fact, Jesus, and this is one thing that really marks Christianity from so many other streams of uh, faith or religion, and that is that Jesus said, love your enemy. And even if people don't like you for whatever reason, including for the faith that you have, then our responsibility is actually to pray for them and to seek to bless them still. Because a defining mark of a Christian person is that we don't just work positively in people's lives because we like them or love them or can get something back. Even in the cases of our enemies, we are genuinely looking for opportunities to love them and to bless them. It's crazy, but it's important work that we understand that there will be people who are antagonistic but we keep on going anyway. The next thing is to really be prayerful about your world and the people who are in it. I'm chaplain for a footy club in Brisbane called the, the Norse Devils, actually. This is a notebook that you can buy that, uh, that I buy. And inside, I write the names of people who are part of the Norse Devils team because I want to remind myself of what's going on in their life and also to pray to God on their behalf. And this is called intercession, this way of praying. Intercession is when I'm not praying for my own stuff, which is perfectly appropriate, but I'm actually pleading to God on behalf of someone else, even though I get nothing out of it, that I'm praying for them, that God would move in their life, that God would break through in their circumstances and help out in all sorts of ways. So one of the things that I do as someone who wants to pray for others is to write stuff down. You can get an or normal old notebook and, and just write your friends and networks names in, people from work, whatever, and and just work through that list and, and keep praying for them so that heaven is hearing their names in lots and lots of ways. And I know that um, that heaven is hearing from me very regularly about a whole bunch of people as I continue to not give up, but to keep on praying that God would turn their life around in all the good ways that he can. So... So being an intercessor is really practical. It's something that you do completely away from anybody else. You you can be shy. You can be a full-on introvert, but a powerful intercessor because there, in private, you are praying and pleading that God would move and break through and do all sorts of wonderful things in people's lives. So I want to encourage those of you who feel like I'm very nervous up front and I, I don't, I'm not good with words to, well, you can pray. And that is powerfully important. And the final thing I want to talk about in this little talk is to continue to have a mindset of nudging people in Jesus' direction. So, you know, this isn't Bible bashing. You're not a preacher who has a three-point message and you you wrap it up with lovely stories and, and it's it's great and powerful and everyone goes, wow, you don't need that to be someone who nudges people in Jesus' direction. All you need to be mainly is a person of close proximity. The word nudge in the dictionary means, you know, a gentle push with the elbow. So you're right there in someone's world and you're you're not shoving them in any direction, but you're just nudging them towards God in all sorts of ways. And this is is important because I think as you move in the everyday world, 
a lot of the conversations and the encounters we have with people, they aren't big deal. They're just sort of as you go sort of conversations there, as you go things that we do. But as we go, we do little things that help people and we, we create favor in the lives of people by the way that we serve them generously and without strings attached, but also in those opportunities where we do get to share words that, that we're actually speaking about the goodness of God, the kindness of Jesus and the power of Jesus to work in the lives of ordinary people like us. This is really, really important. So you are someone in someone else's world. They might be at work in your street, could be anywhere, but you are someone in a neighborhood and in a network. And as you go about the normal things you do, you can be someone and you're called to be someone who's positioned in people's lives to represent Jesus, his kindness, his goodness, his truth, his justice, all those sorts of things in such a way that people can be nudged really gently is how it works for most people, just gently nudged in God's direction such that God increasingly becomes um, important to people. And our hope and prayer is that ultimately they will surrender their lives to Jesus and come follow the Jesus way and be unofficial chaplains, just like we are in, in the world as well. So, this idea of being an evangelist, this idea of sharing your faith, um, for some people, it it involves really powerful moments, and they're probably people who can speak really well and engage people uh, who they don't even know. That's a great gift, and that's good for some people. But for most of us, it's everyday, little by little things that we do that show the kindness of God and speak the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus to people around us. So be encouraged that this is actually an everyday thing that we can do that doesn't have to be a high stress situation. It just becomes a lifestyle, a lifestyle where we understand, actually, I'm called to move in the world every day to seek to do some good in someone's life. So Lord, help me see a need today that I can meet and help me to to meet it. It's, It's a great prayer, a simple prayer that we should do that. Lord, help me to represent you in a credible way to people. I won't be perfect, but help me to be known as a person of integrity, just the same, who is prepared to share my faith in simple ways when the opportunity arises. So Lord, just give me the ability to share my story, to share my hope um, when the opportunity comes and to be able to do that in a way that sparks a conversation that people don't feel like this is something dumped on them, but it opens up a talk, a spiritual talk about God and good things about that. Lord, help me to be a great friend of people, an authentic friend who also is looking for an opportunity to share the, the deepest part of me, and that is my my faith and hope in Christ. Help me, Lord, to find ways to share that in increasing ways to people who are my friends. And Lord, I want to be a prayerful person. I want to pray and pray for people. So help me to keep on praying and not give up and each day seek to nudge someone in your direction. So there it is. As you go into the world, These are things that you can do. And my prayer is that we develop these habits, which are sort of low key. They just become everyday natural things for us to do, but they create a positive environment for people as they think about Jesus and faith and also provide kind of a good background for the times when we do get to speak words and share the hope of of Christ, who, who was part of creating all things, who cares about all things, who loves 
everybody and who died for our sins and has created a future and a hope for us and invites us to come and share in it as we come follow him and surrender to him as Lord and Savior. So God bless you, Northridge Upper Ross, as you keep on keeping on. Thanks for listening to Movement today. If you enjoyed this show, then please take a second to give us five stars, tap subscribe, and tell a friend. We are available wherever you get your pods. Movement is a podcast from Baptist Church's SA, hosted by Melinda Cousins and produced by Ruth Grace and Kathy Turner. We'll be back next week with another special guest.